And uh, I really believe when it comes to becoming successful, you got to be a seven figure person before you actually create a seven figure business. Mm. Uh, so I just wanted to dive on that here. If that's cool with you. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Um, well, first off, welcome, man. I'm glad to have you. Uh, for people who don't know who Iman Gaji is at this point, I mean, you definitely need to do your research. This guy is a mogul. Uh, he's actually the person that got me into this space, seeing one of his ads when I was going through the, the kind of the come up, so to say, but um, runs an agency, has a consulting business as well, teaching agencies how to scale. He's made a couple million dollars at what, 20? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, happy, happy to have you here, man. I want to go into this, man. It's been a fucking year at that. Uh, a lot. I, I think as bad as everything was with you know local businesses and all of that, it was really good for a lot of people's self-reflection, especially me. Um, it really forced me to look at myself in a lot of ways and you know see a lot of things I didn't like about myself going through this year. Was this year something that was kind of the same for you, self-reflection-wise? A hundred percent. I mean, let's see, this whole thing came about, um, around end of February ish. And uh, at that point I was actually in South Africa and like, you know, it, it's funny. Cause like the lockdown coincided with something, you know, the, the two didn't go hand in hand, but I think this is like two weeks before lockdown or whatever. Um, you know, I just got out of a relationship, uh, like a two ish, two and a half. Yeah. Two ish year relationship. And, um, you know, so ended that. And then like two weeks later, you know, they announced a lockdown. I was in South Africa at the time. And, um, you know, is this, there's <laughs> this interesting combination of number one, you know, being locked down in a foreign country, uh, you know, with one of my buddies and like South Africa was super strict. You couldn't even leave the house to go for like a run, uh, or a walk. Um, so being like bunkered down in a house, um, you know, for basically two and a half, three months, um, you know, had just gone our relationship, um, you know, after I got out the relationship, I was, you know, energetically, I, I kind of went into myself and, you know, there was a little, uh, break in this relationship before. And, you know, the last time I was like, you know, I felt into myself and I was like, I think I need to go out there and have some fun this time. I was like, you know, I just want to protect my energy, uh, be introspective and, and, you know, just kind of uh, take some time to, to heal, take some time to focus, um, and just reevaluate some things. Um, so, you know, between that and the lockdown, like it was funny enough, it was, it was the first half of the year was kind of bliss. Um, cause it just stripped away everything. It, it just stripped away all the extra complexities and like all the extra like noise really right. on the first, first half of the year, especially just like I was able to, to clear a lot of noise and, and just, you know, what came through at that point was, uh, intuition and, you know, true gut instinct um and then it's been very interesting to see things have kind of picked up in the second half of the year you know lockdowns have eased uh or at least in most places you know uh, a lot of pent-up uh aggression for most people or pent-up energy so you know uh, in the last six months a lot of people have you know done more partying have uh, done more socializing have you know even traveled a bit this and that and it's just like you get swung back into the the fast-paced nature of the real world um, but it's, uh, you know, it taught me a lot that first six months and, um, I definitely felt a lot of inner peace the first six months mm. of the year. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I was in, uh, Columbia, really strict too. forced me to look at that. You touched on a couple of things, uh, topics that I actually want to discuss before we go in there. I kind of want to just take a step back, man. Um, it's crazy to think 
everything you've accomplished at just 20. And it's funny, it feels weird saying that because you're such an old soul that I would just never, you know, think you're 20. Uh, so I wanted to ask you when you dropped out of high school and just general, when you were at that age, did you have this gut instinct feeling that you would be successful? Cause when I dropped out of high school, I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do, but I just feel, felt like I was going to make it work. Did you have a similar belief or was the agency that catapult to giving you that belief? Yeah. So from the age of 13 or 14, I was saying to everyone, I wasn't going to go to university that I was going to make it without the university. And like, at that point, that was like a crazy thought. Um, so I look, I always knew the traditional path wasn't for me. Uh, I always knew that, um, you know, higher education wasn't for me, but I did need a bit of, um, you know, for you to have real belief, um, you need something tangible and then you also need some belief. Um, my agency at that point was the tangible thing for me. Um, it was okay. You're at a point right now where you're making, you know, double what, uh, you know, your principal is making triple what your principal is making. Um, and you just, you hate school. You don't believe in the entire system, all this. Um, and that was sort of my tangible proof and intangible reasoning. But I always had that gut instinct of look, whatever, whatever I do, I'll, I'll make it work. And I think, um, I think honestly, that's, that's 50% of the equation. I, I've been like debating a lot recently if entrepreneurs and people that are successful in general, if they're born or if they're made. And when I look at you, I'm curious to see what you think, because I was, I would say someone was born just as it seems it's so ingrained, but also, um, I think, I mean, you share this publicly, you didn't have like the best childhood growing up. Mm. Um, and do you feel like that situation was, and feel free to talk about as much as you want, um, or as little as you want, but do you feel like that situation is actually what made you, or were you already born to begin with? hundred percent. I, I mean, uh, you know, I think about it a lot too, and is it, you know, nature versus nurture, it is a very interesting topic um, to discuss. I do think that entrepreneurs, uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, anyone is born entrepreneurial. I, but I think that first 15, 20 years is very, yeah, I say that first 15, 20, uh, 15, 20 years is very, very pivotal. Um, and I always knew like from the age of like seven, eight, nine, like if someone asked me, what do you want to be? I'm just like a business owner. Um, you know, entrepreneur is, a, I think it's a, it's a newer uh, concept. Yeah. yeah. It's a new trendy term, you know, after, um, what was that movie about Facebook? Um, oh, with Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, network, the network. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We'll start using a entrepreneur, but you know, for me growing up, it was always, yeah, I you know I want to own a business. Um, and you're right. You know, there were things in my childhood, um, you know, I had a, I lived in some weird purgatory where I had a very funny childhood growing up where like I went to private school, but then, you know, my mom and I, well, I guess everything was kind of okay financially until the age of like eight, nine. Uh, but then after that, you know, my mom and I were living on scraps. She was working minimum wage for NHS. Uh, we were on government benefits at some point. So, you know, there was that big financial struggle and then I'd go to school and I'd be at school with like literally kids, parents who were like millionaires and even some billionaires. Such a weird and it was contrast. like, and it was, yeah, it was, I, you know, I had, I think I had, although there was a lot of traumatic things I went through uh, growing up and, you know, uh, there's stuff that I saw and, and experienced that, you know, kids my age really shouldn't, shouldn't have to go through that sort of stuff. Um, 
yeah, I just saw some really nasty stuff growing up. Um, you know, that gave me the fire and ambition. And then, you know, having that experience at school, it, it was the juxtaposition of having a reason to actually work and progress and move forward. And then also knowing that it's possible because, because, you know, I, I think someone who grows up in, you know, for example, here in the UK, someone who grows up in um, a council estate, right, which is basically government housing. I think, I don't think that this person has any less opportunity than I did, you did, than anyone does, honestly. I think they had, you know, no less opportunity. The biggest struggle is the circle they're around and also uh, the belief because it's like they have no context because no one around them has done it, hmm. right? Whereas I had kind of the best of both worlds in it. So, you know, as I said, there's, <laughs> I went through a lot of very traumatic things growing up. Um, you know, my, my, my team and my friends always joke. They're like, well, you should definitely be a lot more fucked up. They think it's going like, to come out at like one point in my mid-20s. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I had the kind of the perfect blend of, okay, I have a reason to, because, you know, this is the other thing. I, I see a lot of very wealthy, um, I see a lot of people who come from wealthy backgrounds and then they'll go on to be successful and people will discredit them and be like, well, of course they had connections and money and this. And like, I just, just go, you know, as someone who went to private school, like I genuinely think outside of like grades and stuff, like actually making a real career for yourself, especially business and entrepreneurship. If you come from a wealthy family, like I actually credit you almost a little bit more than the person who comes from, uh, you know, absolutely nothing because it's like, trust me, humans don't do things unless they have to. Mm. And I think it's so impressive when someone comes from a wealthy family and they still have that innate drive and, and fire to push forward. So as I said, I was in a situation where I had that drive because, you know, me and my mom were on uh, government uh, benefits and, you know, she was working minimum wage jobs and, uh, you know, things were really, really tight. But then on the flip side, I weirdly was going to private school you know, where I would have context for, okay, this is the way the millionaires, you know, my friend's parents were millionaires um, and multimillionaires. And I would have context for this is the, what life can be like. And this, this is what life can be like. And for me growing up, it was always assumed. Like I never looked at those things. Like I never looked at like a $10 million house is like, oh, I hope one day I get there. Like it was just yeah, I'm going to have it. Like, it's just, I don't know when it will be, but I'll have it. And it's just, it's also not a big deal. I guess that was the other thing being around mm -hmm. a lot of wealth. You start to see a lot of wealth. And like, especially when you see they, you know, uh, these people who are multi multi-millionaires just complain about the same shit. Like the weather's bad and they're complaining yeah. about the weather. And like, you know, and you just realize, it, I think that's one of the other things why I feel as I've been, you know, I, 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 you know, everyone has an ego and I definitely do have an ego and I've splurged and enjoyed myself in this. Life. But I, I think for the most part, cons you know, everything all said and done, you know, with growing up with, with no money and kind of where I'm at and dropping out of high school and, you know, everyone thinking that I was a fucking idiot. Um, and, you know, just having the nastiest things said about me uh, by my own teachers and principals and, you know, having my, uh, literally one of my teachers, um, I wasn't meant to hear this, but I overheard uh, her speaking to my principal when I was uh, trying to leave school. She goes, uh, this is what happens uh, when a woman has a mother. So uh, when a woman has a kid so young, I like um, that bitch. <laughs> That's so, horrible. Uh, you, you know, with all, you know, with all being, uh, you know, with all said and done, uh, 
I think I should have probably gone, or I think I could have gone off the rails a lot more. I feel as I've been relatively grounded uh, with my money and, and my success and this and that. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from just being in these households where it's like, okay, these, you know, these parents earn two and a half million a year. These parents, you know, are, are multimillionaires or whatever their situation is. And they still got the same fucking problems and they still, there's still issues in the marriages and they're still both gloomy as fuck. And I guess that was the other beautiful uh, part of this perfect concoction that like, I'm so, as I said, like so many fucked up things happen in my childhood, but I'm also so grateful for it because that was the other piece of the puzzle, which is like, not only do I have that innate fire because, you know, I got to take care of me and my mom, single mom, you know, that's all we had. Um, so not only that, but I also know that it's possible because I'm going to private school and I'm around a lot of wealth. Um, but then I'm also seeing that this wealth doesn't mean shit that at the end of the day, like apart from some of the, you know, the, the more sinister things I went through growing up, you know, the day-to-day problems of like, you know, me and my mom just trying to survive. Like, yeah, it was shit, but it seemed like I would go to my like broken household or I'd go to these houses that were like worth $5 million and the families would still have the same problem. Like they'd still have housewives are popping pills, all that. Yeah. Drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and, I th- and I think that was like the per- the cherry on top. So that way I knew I was always going to be successful. And then when I got there, I, I was relatively grounded because I was like, look, I knew that when I achieved this mark, like it was not going to be life changing or anything that I would still have the same problems. And I'd wake up and I'd have to work on myself in the exact same way that someone who, you know, is, you know, living off scraps is. So I say I was lucky in a lot of ways, but yeah, I guess to, to your, to your point, um, I don't think entrepreneurs are born. I think they're made in the, I think nat, nat, natural born entrepreneur insinuates within that first 10 to 12 years, maybe even 15 years, there's something that happens that causes them to have entrepreneurial tendencies. Trigger event. Entrepreneurial flair. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's something that, uh, I've personally, it kind of leads ways into something I've been struggling with a lot and really overcoming this year is, you know, coming from a fucked up childhood and dealing with things. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, their success is because they're running from something. Um, and now like for me, I, I've ran from all these things from my childhood and now I'm here where I'm at and I don't need to run from them anymore. Right. Neither do you. We're pretty comfortable spots. So the next thing is like, that's what drove and fueled me. But what now? What do you use to drive and fuel you now? And I know you have uh, bigger, grandiloquent visions with obviously reforming the education system. Is that really it? What drives you and gets you up in the morning? Like, how did you find that switch? There was a pause where you just didn't have any motivation whatsoever. What did that look like? Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think if, for me, I, I look, I, I go in, I come in and out of lulls. Um, you know, there was one definitely middle of 2018 where it's like, fuck, I go like, you know, I'm 18 years old um, and I'm on track to become a millionaire this year. Uh, and, you know, went on to make my first million that year. And it's, it's tough. Um, and that's a million uh, do- dollars, not pounds though, um, uh, profits. And it, it's tough. Like, you know, because you get to this point and, and by the way, like, you know, it's so funny, like, most 99% of the stuff that's on Instagram, like these Instagram, like motivational, like boss quotes, this, whatever the fuck, like, like whatever they say, 99% of the time, it's literally the exact opposite is the truth. And, you know, the one big thing, you know, the one big thing that they always say is like, I, you know, they say money doesn't buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Lambo than a Toyota. And like, let me tell you 
that is the biggest pile of shit ever. Because here's the thing, when you're crying in the Toyota, you have something outside of yourself to blame, right? When you're crying in the Toyota, you're like, because of course, because I'm, my life is not where I want it to be. If I had, you know, if I was making more money and my career was successful, I would have, you know, fulfillment. I would maybe have the partner I want. I would have this, I'd have this, you, you know, you, you build this entire mental imagery. Puts the blame when on you, something else. Exactly. And when you have gone through that, you've gone through the fucking hellhole of acquiring wealth. And it's tough. And it's a, it's a multi-year and multi-decade war of offense and defense. When you've gone through that entire fucking hell and you're, st- and you're in your Lambo and you're still crying, the only fucking thing and the only po- uh, person you can point a finger at is you. Mm. That is the scariest place to be because you have no excuses left. And then you have to look at yourself fundamentally, who you are as a person and go, why am I not happy? Why do I not like myself? Why, what traumas are plague have been plaguing me for the past decades that I just can't get over? So, you know, to your point, um, there have been definitely situations, um, where I've kind of lost motivation. And I'd say, you know, you know, 20, I'd say, you know, 2016, 2017, uh, 20, uh, mid 2016 was, was when I started my agency, or at least I got my first client. Um, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, all the way up until like just the end of 2019. For me, I think at the end of the day, everything I was doing was financially. Um, I always had, you know, literally from the age of 2017, uh, from the age of 2017, my bio said I'm on a mission to reform the education system. Mm-hmm. Like before I had any program, before I had any idea of an education, like lit- it just said that. And I don't, I didn't know what that meant. I had to flesh that out, but that's what it said because that was my intention. I don't think I embodied it until the end of 29. So that's the other thing. Like I see a lot of uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that. People being like, you need to find your purpose in life. Like for someone starting. And I just think that's a load of fucking shit because like, I think you have to get to a point where money is no longer a concern. And then you can go and you can look in front of you and go, okay, what if money was no object, what would I do for the rest of my life? Now, that's not to say that, you know, you should sell your soul, um, you, you should sell your soul for money and, and get into something you don't like, but I'm saying that get into something you like, but don't think that just because you love it, the, you know, uh, you'll ha- that'll be enough to carry you through the initial stages. Realistically, it's because you want a better life for yourself. You want stability. You want the, you know, this, this, this check off the list. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I'm here. I've experienced it. And, and, and I always say, you have to go through a paradigm to understand it. Which is why, like, I don't, th- I don't think anyone who's hasn't experienced wealth is allowed to say money won't make you happy, because Agreed. cool, I, like that's a you, you, you're correct. That is one of the um, truest, uh, truest truths in life. But you're not allowed to say because you haven't been, been through yeah. it. So, and you know, and even me, I, I you know, I just spent uh, a long time explaining how I just spent a long time explaining how because of my unique childhood. Like I always knew money wasn't going to make me happy or I knew that it wouldn't be the be all and end all when I ended up there, but I've been tricked many times. I've been tricked many, many times. And to this day, you know, it happens a lot less frequently, frequently. That's one of the things, you know, the more and more you experience wealth, if you're learning lessons correctly, and if you are actually soaking in what life's teaching you, mm-hmm. then, you know, you'll get to a point where you, as I said, uh, life tricks you less and less, um, and you start to realize, and you actually start to embody the lessons of, oh, okay, you know, this external thing won't make me happy. 
but inevitably there's still gonna, there's all, you know, and this isn't only pertaining to money. This is pertaining to, you know, maybe once you get a six pack or you get the partner that you want, or maybe you're thinking about moving country and you think that, you know, once you're by the beach side, you know, it's not just pertaining to money. So it's pertaining to external things. So you're going to get tricked. And hopefully as the years go on, you're going to get tricked less and less, but still happens even to this day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a part of the journey. It's been a part of the process. And I'd say it was really only end of 2018 where like, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm embodying this. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm finally embodying this. And I'll say like, I don't wake up and think, oh, I'm on a mission reform the education system. And like, you know, I, I don't wake up and think about like the schools I built in Nepal. I don't wake up and think about like all the, you know, the, the thousands of students of uh, lives I've changed, I've changed. Um, or, you know, the hundreds of thousands through my social media, like, I'll be honest, I don't wake up and think about that. Like I wake up and I think about my reward, like the reward for all of this is the honor of getting to work. Like, like you get to a certain point where you realize the reward is the work and it takes a while to get to that point. And it takes a while to get to a point where you realize like, look, if everything else wasn't here, I'd still do the work because I love the work. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where you realize that like, and it, it can be outside of work and outside of business. You get to a point where you realize like just challenging yourself and proving yourself is the most fulfilling thing ever. You know, I just finished like, um, uh, two to th uh, three days ago, I just ran a marathon. Congrats on that, and, by the way. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, just ran a marathon and, and you know, no training, training, by the way, for people that don't know, <laughs> yeah. zero training. He just went into <laughs> zero. Tra well, I decided uh, 14 days before. <laughs> Still, come um, on. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you can't really run a, a long distance before you're about to do a marathon. So, you know, I, I was able to do like two or three runs before I actually ran the marathon. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, sometimes I like to do stuff outside of the business as well. Mm -hmm. um, that just, you just do it because it's, you get to a point where you realize like, honestly, there's, there's only so many fucking lobster linguinis you can have there's only so many like so many fucking watches you can have there's only so many cars you can have there's only so many times you can sit by the beach and order pina coladas and you know um enjoy you know indulge in gluttony like trust me like go through it enjoy it yeah people talk <laughs> about it, the beach lifestyle by the way that the beach lifestyle sucks you get sand in your laptop the sun's beating on you the internet sucks it, it's horrible you don't want to work you, on you, beach. Can, you can you cannot like this is what i say like I always say the the two um, uh, I always say the, the the two lies that people tell themselves when they go to Bali. Number one that they're gonna work, and number two that they're gonna wear a condom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, like the, trust me, guys, the, the Bali laptop lifestyle, especially the time zone. That's if you tried to do, like oh, you dude. try to do sales call for your sales calls for your agency with American clients and British uh, like European clients. It, it's a wreck, honestly. Um, <laughs> Real quick, I, uh, I want to tag on this because you kept talking about purpose. Um, and I, I don't know if you ever read the book Superior Man, one of my favorite books uh, all time. Mm. Uh, reading it for the fourth time actually right now. And it talks about purpose and how purpose is really like onion. And you'll have these mini purposes. And once you complete it, you peel off the layer and you get to your next purpose. And I'm sure that's the same with you. You know, you didn't, at 17, I don't think you were thinking about building a school in Nepal. Um, it obviously builds, but speak, speaking on that topic of, you know, the superior man and being a man, something I've found fascinating with you is, I mean, it's, it's probably safe to say you didn't have like the strongest father figure growing up. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the first, 
my biological father never met him. He was an alcoholic abusive. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never, at least, at least he wasn't around to do any damage. My stepfather um, was about one of the most tyrannic, uh, tyrannical men I've ever met. Like, to this day, I'm not scared of anyone. I'm scared, like, I'm scared of him. Like, the dude is a, is a monster. Well, what, what, what piques my curiosity is, because something, because I don't really have a, I, um, I had a father in my life, and I still have him in my life, but he was never really there or present. And I always said it like he taught me who I don't want to be as a man. But it, it was really hard growing up and going through life and like having to realize how to become a man and like learn that and learn how to deal with ego and relationships and my emotions and all that. And something you've composed really well is like people say you should be fucked up for everything you went through, but you're like the perfect embodiment of like the superior man. And I want to know, how did you get to that without like going through like your own daddy issues and stuff? Like, how did you learn that? Was it resources? Was it mentors? What mm -hmm. made you like who you are in that sense? Yeah, so I, I got very lucky that I started reading a, a book a week when I was 14. And, you know, for me, like th this literature was was my was where I found solace. And thank God I didn't only just read fucking finance books and business. Like, I don't know why, but, you know, for me, I was like, I just started getting interested in, in a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, for example, way of superior man, like I read that book when I was 15 mm. and like, you know, even more interesting than that was I got my girlfriend to read it when I was like 16. Um, so my girlfriend read it and I read, like I read it and my girlfriend at the time, like literally 16 years old, read it. And then same thing with my last girlfriend. Um, she read it. Um, and you know, it actually helps. I, I, so, you know, a little, little heads up, any of you guys who are entrepreneurs and, you know, you have girlfriends and, you know, it can be a little tough when, you know, they need to understand the working hours and kind of the way you operate and this and that, give them that book. Like you think it'll do the opposite harm of their, they'll be like, wait, so you're saying like, I will never be your number one, <laughs> like, uh, you know, your number one priority or purpose, uh, but actually does the opposite. It like helps them understand. Like it's I gave just, it to my ex too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's gold. But, um, yeah, you know, read, reading books like that and, you know, even just reading like for me, um, you know, kind of my Bible growing up was was Meditations uh, by Marcus Aurelius. And like, I think all reading all of that sort of literature and then also tying it back to the fact that like I would look at these households and as I said, I'd look at like some of my parents, uh, uh, sorry, some of my friend's parents and I'd be like, you are a boy in a man's body and your wealth has done nothing for you and your character. And I think just being very like observant, uh, observant of that. And I, I don't know, I just guess from an early age, like character was important to me um, and character and, and just being a, a, yeah, just being a man of character. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, there's always, you know, uh, the buck stops somewhere. Um, you know, like, for example, you get all these families where, you know, everyone's a high school dropout and then one goes on to you know, uh, get an MBA from Harvard. And, you know, that's, that's beautiful. Um, obviously, you know, with my lineage, it's a little different. Actually, it's funny. My mom didn't admit this to me until only like, uh, basically until I was successful, but turns out she was a high school dropout. Um, she failed no to way. mention that. Uh, she failed to mention that, uh, you know, for the year that I was like pressing her to, to try to drop out. Um, but that's yeah, funny. you know, she finally admitted that to me. So, you know, I, I you know, so, so, uh, you know, that, that's a lineage that, you know, you know, my child might either, you know, uh, drop out of high school or, you know, drop out, of, you know, not go to university or this or that, or, you know, so lineage, you know, lineage is always, um, they go in one direction. 
the uh, the direction that I never wanted my lineage to go down was because like, here's the thing. I don't know too much about my biological father's um, a family situation, this and that, but I think, I think there has to be, I think a lot of pain has to be inflicted on you for you to be an alcoholic, first of all, sure. and not only be an alcoholic, but savagely beat the mother of your child. And I know that a lot of people look at that and, you know, they can never, and I hold no grudges against anyone. And I know that a lot of people look at that and they could never forgive and this and that to me, like, I don't know why, but like, I just, I, I know that there's pain there. And I know that there's, you know, the, I know that at, at the end of the day, that must be because of something that happened in his, as I said, I don't know enough about his family and this, I, I've never met the dude. Um, whereas he for example, my, yeah, you know, whereas for example, my stepdad, like I can see very clearly why the man put me and my mom through so much torture. Like the dude went to um, a boarding school when he was three years old. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, back in the whatever, 60s or something like that. And, um, you know, the man uh, went to boarding school when he was three years old, you know, was waking up at 530 every morning. You see your parents once a year. Um, I know this relationship with his uh, mom and his dad and is super fucked up. Like, you know, and, and, and I guess my point is like this stuff perpetuates. And, you know, I guess that's one of the, the things that I've thought about in my life is how I treat people. And there's, you know, there's, there's actually been situations in my life where I look back and I'm like, I, you know, I, it's a shame because I'm not even, um, I'm not even, you know, the situations I look back, especially, you know, um, you know, three, four, five years ago when I wasn't wiser. Um, and I look at the way that I treat, uh, treated people. And for me, the thing that doesn't scare me is the way they treated is the, uh, the chain link that that has and the way that that perpetuates. And I think, you know, I just want to make sure that I, you know, for, for me, the family unit is so important. Um, and I, as I said, I, I come from a long lineage of, you know, uh, just moms, no dads. And, you know, if the dad's there, then usually they're pretty fucked up. Um, and that kind of is, is the same for, for the rest of my extended family. And I just think at a certain point, you got to decide that, you know, the buck stops with you and you got to put your ego to the side and, and, you know, just go, uh, you know, how can I be a man of character? How can I make sure that, um, is that just kind of the, the lineage ends with me and, and, and I, you know, make a turn for the better. 100%. That'd make a great tattoo. Yeah. Uh, that concept. Speaking of ego, that's something I've always personally battled with, um, especially like as I found success and like letting it get to my head. And my success is like very minuscule compared to your success. So I'm always curious because from what I've seen, at least your perception that you put online, you never really let your ego take full control of you from what it seems like. Is that the truth? Is that the reality? Or are you just a master at uh, keeping it under control? Yeah. So I'd say like, I mean, if you look on different platforms, like, <laughs> like here's the thing I always say, if you look on my Instagram um, or especially just like my Instagram feed um, and you don't have any context for like my YouTube or like know about, you know, my agency journey or the last, you know, what, four and a half years at this point, um, or, you know, listen to like uh, my podcast or just any of the lot or, you know, a podcast like this long before you probably just think I'm a fucking asshole. Um, to be fair though, you do it very classy. That's, thank that's you. the difference. 
I, 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 tr- I try my best. Um, and I guess, you know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, with my Instagram, I try to be a little bit more tongue in cheek. If I'm being honest, like my Instagram is 80% social, like to keep up with, you know, friends, uh, business associates, this, that, and just have a little bit of fun, share, you know, some of the behind the scenes of my life. My YouTube is like the more serious businessy stuff. Um, you know, I think if you look at my YouTube, you, you don't think I have, or at least hopefully not too much of an ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it depends on the platform and, you know, how nuanced I can get into, you know, in a YouTube video, you can get a lot more nuanced than a, you know, just an Instagram post and, you know, a long form podcast like this, you can get even more nuanced. Um, so, you know, when it comes to ego, it's something that I need to uh, keep in check. I think I've done, I think at the end of the day, I've done well considering how much, you know, I, the level of success at this age, um, but it's something that I struggle with. In fact, you know, it's funny you mentioned that I was actually just having a, uh, a call with one of my buddies yesterday. And, you know, this guy is 35 years old and I have a lot of older friends. I have a lot of older friends that make a lot like substantially less money than me that I feel like a boy next to. Mm. And I think that's been very, very important as well as I have a lot of older friends that outside of business, these guys are, um, you know, just absolute wizard uh, wizards at understanding Freudian and Jungian psychology are absolute wizards in the spiritual realm um, in uh, you know, the holistic health realm. And like these people, it's just like, you know, I'm someone who's just gone so far, you know, is, is literally half their age or maybe a decade younger than them. And yet like, it's, it's so clear. It's so clear when you put me and them, but side by side, who's, you know, put age aside, who is a boy and who is a man. And I think, you know, that's been very, very powerful for me to have. And like, I don't, I think at the end of the day, that's one of the big things that father figure is meant to be a father figure is, I don't care if you're eight years old, 16 years old, or 28 years old. I believe that when you're with your father, you should feel like a boy Mm -hmm. and you should feel like a boy because you're like, I have so much more wisdom and so much more character to build. And that extra life experience should be so like clear to you. And as I said, I, I don't have that. So, you know, some of these older friends and confidants for me, it's like, I leave conversations with them and I'm just like, you have a lot of work to do on your, on your character. Um, so yeah, it's funny you mentioned that the other day I was actually uh, talking to him and I was like, one of the big things that I feel is I need to work on in 2021 is, is ego. Um, you know, because it's, I don't care who you are. It's, it's something you need to keep in check because ego will be, you know, ego, uh, ego is also the thing that, uh, or heightened ego is also the thing that precedes the biggest fall. Um, and it, it's a very dangerous game. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Ego will bring you to where you want to be, but it won't let you maintain it mm. is, is what I learned. Um, dude, there's, there's a lot I want to talk to you about. I know we have like roughly a little over 10 minutes left. I so we, we, we can push back if need be. Are you sure? Um, yeah, my, uh, uh, my team, uh, Danny, Danny can take the call, uh, first 10 minutes of call. Cool. Um, speaking on, we talked on relationships a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you about that because I got out of one this year and I've like, I'm still figuring out what I think about relationships as you're like at this age and coming up. What do you, what is your take on relationships and being with someone where you're currently at? Yeah. So you know, I definitely have uh, opinions on this. Um, I think, I think first of all, relationships are beautiful. I think monogamy is beautiful. 
Um, but I also think that, you know, I think that you need to go out there. Quite frankly, you need to sleep around. You need to enjoy yourself. Um, you need to see what's out there. And then you need to get to a point where like, you know, I remember like with my uh, last relationship, you know, I got to a point where like I was, um, I got to a point where like I was, you know, we were, we were non-exclusive for a couple months. And then, you know, before I, I kind of pulled the trigger, it just got to a point where I was with other girls and I was like, this is stupid. Like, I just want to be with this other person. And when you have a really good, you know, girl or boy, whatever it is by your side, like you just feel strong. Um, and actually I just recently got into a relationship and, um, the no way is yeah. this, is this a first announcement? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, trying shit. to break uh, news. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it private this time. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, when you find a, a, a good girl and, you know, in my, in my case, like you just feel so strong. Um, but it's also something that you shouldn't rush. As I said, like, you know, I, and in my last relationship in March and then after, that relationship i actually by the way i didn't know the lockdown was coming so like this was this wasn't based on the lockdown or whatever um i told myself i was (laughs) (laughs) no no i i mean as in the decision this decision basically i i told myself i was gonna be celibate for three months Hmm. and um yeah you know i I went ahead and ended two and a half months which i was very proud of (laughs) um and yeah you know that gave me some time you know I, i think I think you have to go into yourself. And as I said, there's been periods, for example, last year where in my last relationship, we, you know, we took a break for what was it like six months. Um, and energy, I went inside of myself and I was like, yo, I have just been in a relationship for like a year and, you know, a year and nine months, almost two years. Also what riding the wave of the come up literally at the beginning of the relationship, like I was still living at home with my mom mm-hmm. by, by that point in which I'd, you know, gone out, like I, I'd made up to like 200 K quarter million months at, at, at times. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of temptation that comes with that. And then being in a relationship, you know, it's very tough. Um, so energetically, I went into myself at that point and I was like, I need to explore and see what else is out there and kind of get this out of my system. You know, that in March, the last time I got our relationship or, you know, the, it was the final nail in the coffin in that relationship. I was like, no, I'm, I felt inside myself and I was like, I just need to just, have some time to process and heal. So I think at the end of the day, like your intuition and also, you know, so I did that for three months and then, you know, I had a little stint of enjoying myself and then I actually was celibate for another three months. Like this has been a very, um, uh, protect my energy kind of year. Yeah. Um, and you just, I think you just need to go into, um, you need to go into yourself and you need to uh, feel into it and, and see how you're feeling. The other thing that I would say is like, I don't fucking prescribe to this whole, like, you know, they complete me or this or that. Like, no, it's like two whole people who come together and the sum of it is greater than, you know, you guys uh, individually. Mm-hmm. And that means that you have to be whole. And like, that's why, for example, like a lot of this year, not only have I a lot, of, you know, like basically six months this year, not only have I been single, but like I've actively been, celibate like actively telling myself i want to be celibate right now because like a lot of this year i had to do a lot of like internal healing and a lot of internal just like like i just felt as though like i needed some inner peace and i just need to be with myself and i think you have to be honest with yourself and you know if you're on the come up and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to manage you know work maybe you still have a job or, or university and also trying to build this business and the stress of all of that 
I don't think it's really fair to then half-ass a relationship. So sure. in my in my belief, if you've already got a good girl or a good guy by your side and you are riding the wave of the come up and you know you're you know that for the next you know 6 months, 12 months, 2 years, 3 years you're going to have to uh, you know put your head down and and you know really work to get to a point where you know you're making a a comfortable income. To me a comfortable income is you know 8,000, 10,000 dollars a month. I know for some people that seems like crazy money you know, I know for some people they think comfortable is three or 4,000, but like really to get to a point where like you're comfortable, you know, and you can start picking your head up and making more long-term decisions. I think if you're, as a trying to ride that wave, um, you should do it solo because as, as the saying goes, you know, if you want to go uh, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, um, you know, go together. Um, I think that applies. And sometimes you need to go fast and you need to be alone. How I would imagine for someone that lives like a Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark type lifestyle, such as yourself, it, your lifestyle would be great for having lots of sex and meeting lots of women, but it'd be hard to find women that you could build like a true connection with and trust. Have you found that or is that just not an issue for you? Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, I get this a lot. Like people ask me like, oh, don't you have a lot of people who like, you know, aren't you worried about people taking advantage of you and this and that? And like, mm-hmm. I think... I think it also stems, I think it kind of comes down to my childhood as well. It's like, I, first of all, I think it's different when you come, when you don't come from money, because it's like, I think a lot of people who come from money and come from wealthy families, they get used because they don't have, they don't understand the value of money. Whereas when you have earned that shit yourself, you're not just like, I'm, I'm not fucking out here. <laughs> I'm not out here buying, uh, you know, uh, Birkins for some random fucking girls sure. or like, like I've heard some crazy fucking stories, you know, um, and guys just do some stupid shit. Um, so, you know, the, number one is that it's like, I'm not going to be out here. I'm, I'm not out here wasting money on people who like, you, you know, are, just don't deserve or are not worth it. So if you look at most of my friends circle, they're either super successful people that don't need anything from me or they're my day one friends that literally used to pay for my lunch because I couldn't, couldn't afford it. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of people have asked me that question of like, oh, aren't you afraid of people using you and this and that? And I'd say, no, um, I haven't really had that. Um, I haven't really had that. And you know, when it comes to girls specifically, it's like, you know, I, I'll have people be like, oh, but you know, if you take a girl on a date, you know, like it's to like, you know, it might be to like Nobu or Zuma or this, and I'm just like, you need to understand like as a guy or as a, like whatever your situation, guy, girl, whatever, like don't ever change who you are for a person. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if I don't care like what a girl says or what my girlfriend says or this, that, like my phone is coming out of my vault at 2 PM from 11 PM or whatever until 2 PM. You can't reach me. If you don't like, I'm sorry, that's just the way I live life. And it, it, it's of importance to me. Um, when it comes to girls, like I, guys, like please, number one advice, don't ever take a girl to a fancy restaurant if you don't actually go there. You know, going back to my point, people 100%. are like, oh, but you, t- you take girls to, and I'm just like, I don't think you understand. Like if I'm taking my friend, my mom, or like me, like it doesn't, like I'm going to these places either way. I'm never going to change who I am or change my structure or like, what I'm doing based on a girl or like, you know, if I'm going away with a girl, you know, before it was different, you know, in 2018, 2019, these days I only fly economy. If I'm with a girl, like I'm not going to fucking fly first class just to flex or this or that. Like 
you know, I've had people ask me like, why don't you buy a car? It's like, I just don't want a car. You know what I mean? Like it's, you should never change who you are to, to appease other people. And I think, um, don't ever be worried about like, you know, uh, I, I guess also it, it, it's a matter of like, um, it's also a matter of like, uh, you know, the way you grew up for me, it's just like growing up, I always wanted to make sure the money wasn't an issue. So actually a lot of restaurants I go to, my assistant already has the card on file. I'm, I'm a, a kind of a creature of habit. So I kind of go to the same places. So most of these restaurants, like I have my card on file. So the bill never comes. So no one ever sees what the bill is. Mm. Um, and, you know, if, if it's one of those places where like I do, you know, it's new or something like I pay the bill when I go to the bathroom. So like the bill just never comes full salt. So it's just, you know, money's like, I, I don't know, I, I guess growing up, like that's what I want. I just wanted money to literally like in the physical sense, not even be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think long story short, and I also have a, a, a rule. Um, I don't buy girls. Like I, here's the thing. I've only ever been in three relationships. One, when I was broke as fuck for two years, you know, from the age of like 15, 16, one obviously on the come up, but it's like, uh, you know, this girl was literally with me when I had nothing. And then, you know, all the way through my come up. Well, okay. In, in all fairness, you know, when I met this person, I'd had months where, you know, I'd done 15, 20 K, but I'd actually just lost 50% of my client, you know, the month before actually because of doing too much partying and kind of taking my eye off the ball and this and that. Um, and, you know, in, in that relationship for the first 18 months, I didn't buy her anything traditionally nice in the sense that like, you know, the first 18 months, I spent so much money. We went, I spent so much money. I took her traveling around the world. I uh, had her working with my personal trainer, had her working with my meditation coach. I bought her the nicest computer so she could work on her business, the nicest phone, Aura Ring, all this stuff. So yet you, uh, you know, I, I guess another piece of really, uh, advice for anyone who's in a relationship or even a new relationship, spend money on the person, but only spend money on experiences or things that make them a better person. You know, this new relationship I've been in, it's actually, you know, fairly new. Pardon? I was saying, I love that, by the way, oh, that same. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, you know, th- this new relationship I've been in, it's, it's a dilemma because it's, uh, you know, I've been in, it, it's relatively new, but it was, it was her birthday, you know, uh, four or five days ago. And, um, you know, I was scratching my head, like, what do I get her? Because here's the thing, you know, here's the thing, you know, my mom's, my mom's Christmas gift, you know, j- just Christmas, we're celebrating Christmas for the first time in like 12 years uh, this year is, you know, $15,000, you know, and to me, like, that's normal. Like if I'm buying my mom a, a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, I'm spending at least multiple five figures. Like to me that, because that's my mom, you know, and my wife, when it comes to my wife, I'll fucking spend anything. I don't care. But I think you need to assess a person's intention and they need to have a long track record. So, you know, in, for example, in that last relationship, that was for the first 18 months. And then once I was like, so sure, like the person was just like the most, beautiful pure person on earth and like had just you know really had been a ride or die at that point you know i started buying celine handbags and this and that and you know because it's just you know you guys are a t- are j- are a proper team at that point and you don't really need to worry sure. about that stuff and i think it's so nice you know treating the people you love when you know that they have the best intentions and you know they've been with you through thick and thin but you know back to this uh this new one that i've been in just the most incredible world i've ever met um but still, you know, it's, it's early days. Um, so it's her birthday. I got her a, an Apple watch uh, with cellular because her boyfriend's a multimillionaire. Uh, so, so, you know, I didn't go for the Wi-Fi only. Um, you know, that, so, you know, she can track some of her workouts. I got her an aura ring and um, uh, she has, you, you know, she's in, um, you know, studying in university. So I got her the, the iPad with like the new iPad keyboard thing. 
point is, it was like, you know, whatever, like 1500 or something for all of those. But like, it's not something that she's going to go to her girl, you know, her girlfriends and be like, and they're gonna be like, oh my God, like he bought you a bag. You know what I mean? It's like, it's sure. very practical. It makes you a better person. And, you know, that's, I guess that's the only other thing that I'd say is like, um, especially in those early stages, just like in spend money on experiences or to help the other person be a better person. Um, and then you can worry about all the fancy schmancy shit like later down the line. You got me my aura ring, man. What's up? Are you buying everyone aura rings? I thought I was going <laughs> one. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, um, I know you got 10 minutes left. So something that I wanted to touch on, I had my first psychedelic experience uh, two weeks ago. Mm. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences I ever had. It came to me at the right time. I've noticed you've been kind of dabbling into psychedelics. Um, what have you done so far? Ayahuasca. And I think I saw some, you did like shrooms on meditation. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, bless my mom. Like I always, I always tell her like, like bless her. She like having me as a child is just the biggest nightmare. Like I, I did LSD for the first time when I was 15 Jeez. and you know, I did when I was 16 in that year, 2016, I maybe did LSD five times. Um, I mean, 2017 at some point was a bit of a darker year. Or actually end of no actually end of 2016 when i was 16 i mean at that point i tried everything md md coke ls like i've just i've tried everything mm-hmm. um and you know some like you know in, in the in the present the only sort of drugs that i'm a fan of and i advocate for are psychedelics um so now and and you know the other thing i will say is from end of, you know, 2018 and 2019 or 2018, all the way up until uh, November of 2019, I did no psychedelics. Well, actually I, I just did no drugs, nothing like that in general. Uh, like MDMA is actually another one that I think everyone should try. And I think it's got great therapeutic um, uh, benefits and this and that uh, basically everything else outside of MDMA and, and psychedelics, I just think are, are crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, my point is I went through like a, whatever, 20 month period where I was just like, once again, it's just so important to feel into things and go into your intuition. And I was like, I could do this, but there's nothing, I'm not called to it right now. And, you know, I did, you know, November of 2019, just with a couple of friends, you know, I just come off a really, uh, you know, extensive nine month work period. I just did some LSD with some friends and, you know, just enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's nice to uh, do psychedelics with your friends and just, you know, be a kid and, and enjoy and explore. Um, cause it gives you a totally new lens to look at the world through. Um, then end of 2019, I actually went on my first ayahuasca retreat and that was extremely, extremely powerful. That's something I want to do every single year. Obviously I haven't had a chance to this year. Um, and then outside of that, um, you know, this year I've done shrooms maybe like four or five times, uh, this Saturday, actually I have had it penciled in to do like a, a aggressive amount of shrooms, um, and just, uh, uh, pencil in and, and reflect on the year and, mm-hmm. and reflect on things going into 2021. Um, so yeah, you know, when, when I do psychedelics is one of two things, you know, either to enjoy with friends and just like, as I said, you just see the world through a new lens and it's like, you're, it's like you're a kid again and you, you get to, it's, it's play. I think it's play with your friends and you get to play without uh, boundaries and restrictions and this and that. So that's, I'd say maybe like 40% of the time, and then 60% of the time is I'm meditating with an intent or I'm meditating or I'm, I'm going in with an intent. Um, you know, this Saturday, as I said, I'm going to do a large amount and literally just sit in lotus position and meditate for six hours and, and journal. Mm. Um, the main thing that I want to think about is, is kind of my, I have my goals for every year, 
I have three goals for every year, but then I have my intent or the theme of every year. And next year, my theme is I want uh, the theme for next year is peace, God, and gratitude. Those are the things that I want more of next year is I want more inner peace. Um, I want to build a strong relationship with God. It's, it's something that I've always, you know, kind of had floating around. It's something that I've never really pursued that much. I'm a very spiritual person, but uh, religion itself, you know, I've been reading uh, a lot of the Bible and Quran and as I said, it's still something I'm making a lot of decisions up about, but it's something that I want to invite more of in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then gratitude. It's something that I feel is, uh, I feel has really slipped in the last two years. It's just gratitude for for just the everyday things. So, um, yeah, you know, I think psychedelics are a really powerful tool. The other thing that I'd say is don't just, you know, uh, you take psychedelics thinking that you know it will be the be all and end all. At the end of the day, what doing shru- uh, mushrooms or LSD or anything like that really what it's like? It's doing you know it's really getting the insights that you get after maybe ten years of uh, devout meditation. Um, but you know, you get it instantly, but at the end of the day, the, the, the largest aspect of it, or the most important aspect to me is integration. How are you going to integrate that back into day-to-day life? Or is, are you going to learn all this stuff and then not apply do nothing it. about it? Exactly. So, um, I think it's, it's a very powerful tool. I think honestly, every entrepreneur, because, you know, entrepreneurship is one of those things where it's, I don't think there's any. Um, I don't think there's anything in life w- which causes such um, internal battle and, and havoc. And it's such a mental war uh, as entrepreneurship. So I think for someone that has to be so in tune with themselves, I think that, you know, psychedelics in, in one way or the other is, is something that every entrepreneur should explore. hundred percent. I think that's a great note to end on. Uh, as, far, as far as the theme for next year, man, dude, I'm so glad we got the chat. We definitely got to do another one. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, man, is there anything you want to end off on, say, promote anything at all? No, no I'm, I'm curious. What's your, what's your theme for 2021 or what do you want to invite more of in your life? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And it's relationships. Um, I uh, had someone tell me, it was actually my ex-girlfriend, because since I was 18, I've always lived in a different city or different state every year. I just move. And I do that because I'm looking for a place that feels like home. And I remember, uh, waking up one morning with my girlfriend who is, uh, who's a beautiful soul. And I, I felt so bad. I just woke up one morning. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving Kansas city. I'm going to go to South America, um, just out of the blue. And uh, she asked me why. And I told her like, I'm just going to continue my search for home. And she told me, she said, home is not where a place is. Home is in the people around you. And I just scoffed it off. And I was like, yeah, whatever got on my plane ticket. And then I've traveled and I've came to Miami. And then I uh, had this realization these past couple of weeks and the psychedelics really helped brought it out too. But I have all these really amazing people around me in my life that just really love me and care about me. And for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm at home. And it's not because of, I, I live in a nice apartment. I've lived in nice apartments before. It's not because of the city. It's just because I have people that really care for me. For like example, my, my best friend flew out my ex-girlfriend and surprised me like she literally knocked on my door with like a bow on her head and like that was like just a little random gift he did because he cares about me and that really like hit home for me that i have some amazing people and i finally feel at home so going into 2021 i really want to focus on building relationships friendships all of that and genuine nuns not just networking to network that's beautiful thank you man yeah man i'm uh, glad we got the chat and um for anyone who doesn't know what iman gaji is at this point definitely check him out he's definitely an inspiration to me and uh we'll see you around brother I appreciate it. Yeah.